All right, so we watched The Howling 4, Your Sister is a Nun. Wait, no. Um, The Howling 4, Marie has many problems, but a nun isn't what... No. Hmm. <laughs> Marie's got 99 problems, but a nun ain't one, yeah. N- nun ghosts, all werewolves. There we go. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Left werewolf, nun pizza. Mmm, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we want a nun pizza. That seems rather chaste. <laughs> oh man, this one has the Holy Trinity in it. Werewolves! They're coming. They're coming your way. The Dark Lycanthropic Podcast. Goodbye, werewolf. Fangs for the Memories, a subsidiary of Ruffcoats. It's true! Everyone! Everybody's worst nightmare has returned. It's known simply as the Howling. Every night I've been hearing this howling. There's something so sinister about these woods. He's out there. There's no big animals here, Bass. Don't worry. There's nothing in the forest to harm you. Go away! Go away, my child! The Howling, she was never able to tell us what happened. The bite marks. There weren't any bite marks. The devil's hatred for God. For the original nightmare. Actually, the Holy Trinity could be that little like pizza table they give you with like the three legs. It has three yeah, legs. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Hello, welcome to Rough Cuts. My name is Ilion, and this is my wonderful co-host, The Boyks. We do a podcast about good boys in bad movies. Uh, so bad dog movies. This is the. Actually, is this the fourth? No, this is the fifth Howling movie we watched. I'm like, it'd be funny if this is the fourth Howling movie that we watched since the fourth Howling movie. But also, we haven't seen one or three. (laughs) We haven't done one, three, or eight, I think. Wait, is there an eight? There's a Twilight reboot. Oh, fuck, right. I thought there was... I was like, wait, seven is the end. Seven's the end of it. No. Fuck. Okay, there's eight. God. So we're more than halfway through the Howling franchise. This um, is a franchise of varying quality, and most would, of it is bad. <laughs> would you like to... Ex- yeah, we should just give a quick rundown of the franchise, right? So everybody knows what's happening before we get into this one, because they're all connected, right? Sure. Right? Uh, Howling 2 has Christopher Lee wearing cool glasses at a rave, and then... Uh, he goes to Transylvania and fights a bunch of werewolves 
that whatever. are having sexy werewolf orgies for Satan. Yeah, for Satan. Are they going to Transylvania? Is that what they're faster? trying to say? Maybe? I don't Whoa. know what the dark country is. Dark country. What does the skeleton have to do with anything? Yeah, I'm right! You're right! God damn it. <laughs> this movie rules. Okay. This, this movie just keeps getting better. This movie fucking rules. Five is like in a castle, and then all the werewolves attack, and it's a murder mystery. Oh, damn. Getting in the snow? You have no idea how cold it was waiting there for like 20 minutes for someone to show up. Santos. That was amazing. I forgot six. And and then seven is where they reuse a bunch of footage and then they also have a bunch of line dancing. <laughs> they have 80 minutes of line dancing in seven. And then the ending is maybe the best bad movie sequence that we've ever seen it's real at least good. for me it's it's yeah. up there it's really high up there like Th that, that last like all 20 minutes the, yeah that movie's all oh. about the last 20 minutes why is the whole town here because they all set her up they knew what the fuck <laughs> ah it's oblivion army ending Oh, yay, line yay. dancing! Yay! Fuck yeah. line dance ending. Thank you so much. Perfect. <laughs> Thank all of our neighbors and our friends. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. They just did. This movie, oddly enough, is all about the last, the last 20, minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. Everything else is yeah. garbage. But that 20 minutes. Well, I... Mm, Alright, so this is Howling 4. The original nightmare. The original nightmare. Yeah, it's based wow. on the books, apparently. Like, the, the first three books of the Howling series. Howling was written. Somebody wrote something for Howling. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Somebody wrote... Uh, so somebody wrote a Howling trilogy. They wrote Howling, and then Howling 2, and Howling 3. Uh, Howling 2 and Howling 3 have no relation to any of the Howling movies. <laughs> Which, mm -hmm. to me, that's still just the funniest fucking thing. It's like, okay, so we made a book called The Howling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's base a movie off The Howling. Okay, okay. And there's a sequel to that book. Uh-huh. Do you, do you want to do the sequel to The Howling about that? No, fuck that. Fuck the book. <laughs> no, we got different. Christopher Lee wandering around in cool sunglasses. <laughs> I mean, they made the right decision, probably. And Red Brown's there, too. Yeah, I don't got. Uh, I don't got time for this shit. But four <sighs> is it's a remake of the original, so it's Evil Dead Two, is what this is. Yeah, yeah, that's Except, a good comparison. Yeah, you know what? It's the flip because. So my understanding is we haven't seen Howling One. One of the reasons why we haven't seen Howling One is because Howling One is supposed to be. I mean, I don't know if it's a great movie, but it's supposed to be a good movie. Like, it's actually got a following. There's a reason it spawned this many sequels. 
And one of the things that I have heard about it is that it has some really decent, like, kind of comedy stuff in it. And then this one is totally straight. So, like, that's what I mean about it being reversed from Evil Dead. Because Evil Dead has, like, Evil Dead 2 starts to lean into the, like, groovy, right? Like, doing yeah, the chainsaw arm the ham. Shit. Yeah. It starts to ham it up, whereas this does the opposite. It goes the whole different direction. I was reading up a little bit on this, actually. And they did not have a script when they started filming, actually. Oof. They just got their actors, they went out to their set, and they didn't have a script ready. They wrote it as they were, like, setting up sets, essentially. That, that checks out. Yeah. And that makes sense why it was so damn confusing at times. But the other yep. thing that added to the confusion is they didn't have a budget, which makes sense because they spent the budget on the last 20 minutes, but they yes. didn't have a budget for audio while they were recording. They, they couldn't mm. get lav mics for everybody. Or a boom mic or anything. Or boom mic, so, or whatever, yeah. So they ADR'd literally all of the dialogue in the film. Which is and an incredible aesthetic choice. <laughs> there's a couple scenes where they forgot to mute the original audio, but they still ADR'd over it. So you hear, like, an echo. It's Yeah, weird. there's some weird things like that that you noticed. It yeah. It also, like, it just gives this very weird uncanny valley thing from the early parts of it. Like, for example, so she has a boyfriend, agent, lawyer, friend, man. I don't know who this guy is. I still don't understand Tom. But anyway, our main character knows a guy named Tom who is her friend. Mm -hmm. And... Tom talks like this. He's got, got a he mumbles very quietly. It's very deep. And then she goes and she has like a mental breakdown while she's out with Tom. And her husband goes to see her in the hospital. And her this is a VHS rip that is pretty low quality. So it's not it's necessarily freebie, easy. To, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily easy to see people's faces and like that kind of thing all the time, especially when like they're further away. And in the beginning, they didn't have like close-ups of these characters. They were just kind of sitting across from her a ways away. And he talks in a rumble like this. It's kind of a very deep voice and he's always, you know, Marie, you should do the So we spent a really long time trying to untangle if, like, Tom was a figment of her imagination that was part of her husband, or, like, like it is the same person. Wait, is Tom her a different person than Richard, her husband? Like, it, it was fucking weird. And especially because she has, like, this sexual tension kind of thing going on with Tom. So yeah. it made sense that that was the husband. And there's... Oh, there's like no intro between them. It's very bad. And so there's some things like that that just really get lost. Because, yeah, like the first five, ten minutes were like, is this the same person? Uh, did they just shoot it on different days with different haircuts? What's happening? What is yeah. happening? And it turns out she just has a type and her type is mumbling white guy. Mm hmm. That's that's her type. <laughs> mumbling muscular white guy that buttons down about four. <laughs> <laughs> things on their shirt to make sure that you can see all of their cool chest hair and nips. Her husband, Richard, was contractually obligated to always show his hairy chest in every scene. Mm -hmm. Preferably with a leather jacket, if possible. Yeah, and to strip multiple times. <laughs> 
like this movie it's contractual. Like it has we have to show Manchester at all times. Yeah, quick uh, content warning if you want to like watch along with this movie with us at some point. Uh, it just goes into softcore porn at one point, so just Absolutely. so you know. Yeah, no, like, this is, it, it this was is exploitation for sure. Yeah, there there was a moment where I was like, oh, that. Oh, they're really getting in. Oh, no, this is just, oh, it's porn. Yeah, no, this is 100% porn. Like, it's explicit. You, I think the way that you described it is you went, there was nothing tasteful about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. Okay. I mean... Yeah, this is just porn. This is just porn, yeah. At this point. Okay, then. There was nothing tasteful about that. No. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Again, like, this movie feels... Um, one of the things to point out, this movie feels 70s, but it was shot... Yes. And released, at least in 88. It was shot like 86, 87. Yeah, so, like almost 90s. But it feels like from a decade earlier. That's so yes. weird. It, it's not a nostalgia piece. It's just... I don't know. I think that it honestly is based on their budget stuff, too. My guess is that simply that some of that, in a lot of ways, is that they were probably using cameras that were a decade out of date. So, like, it feel... It has that same kind of look of like a 70s show like it and the camera the work has isn't... the same problems too right because like sure it hard cuts between scenes all the time oh man yeah. Any, anyway it, um let's get into the, the plot i guess yeah so uh one other thing to point out is it has an intro theme called something evil oh it does yeah yeah and I kind of love that song because it doesn't fit the, the feel of the movie in any way at all. No, no. It's yeah. like a it's like a lounge song or something. It makes no sense. <laughs> I know what waits for me. Something evil. Yeah, it's the the intro of this is strange. Marie is a famous author mm -hmm. of like mysteries or not i'm not sure if it's like i don't think it's true crime i think it's just fictional mystery novels is what she writes she's like your alan wake or your stephen king oh she like i was gonna say she's or... samantha queen is what yeah. this is <laughs> like she's very 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 much a stephen king ripoff at first you said that you were like, oh, she's like a this is a Stephen King ripoff movie when you look at the synopsis because it talks about her going for mm -hmm. a vacation by a lake as a writer. And I was like, no, probably. Like th there's other tropes like that. Like that's not just a Stephen King thing. And then we get into the movie and she just has the shining power and it's just totally the shining for like <laughs> half the movie. And I'm like, okay, never mind. Chats. Yeah, it's aping Stephen King real hard. It's very much that. So she's at a restaurant with her work husband, Tom. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I her, think I think that's God, his job. That is, that's he's what it is. Yeah, he's her work husband. I totally didn't think yep. about that. Yeah. No, I, and, I I even know people with work husbands, and yeah, I didn't yeah. I really thought about it. Uh work husband slash maybe side <laughs> fling. It's not 
quite obvious. But we'll she's, eating, she's eating at this fancy restaurant with her work husband, and she sees a nun who just disappears. Yes. Uh, and then there's a werewolf jumping out of the barbecue fire at this expensive restaurant with a cheap, like, $20 hardware store barbecue. Mm-hmm. And she goes, ah, and then it hard cuts to her in a hospital with her husband, Richard, who sounds exactly the mumbly same, but is different. And the doctor is talking to her husband, Richard, and he's like, hey, uh, Marie is going through some shit right now. Like, she's having some yeah. problems. Uh, you should probably take her somewhere incredibly boring and uninteresting so that she doesn't have anything interesting going on to, like, stoke her imagination. Have you considered, like, I don't know, Ohio? <laughs> yeah, Nebraska is good this time Nebraska, of year. Uh, South uh, Dakota? North, da- North Dakota, South Dakota, somewhere incredibly Either of the boring. Dakotas is pretty good. Nothing happening. Maybe maybe uh, Alberta, I don't know, somewhere. Maybe yeah, somewhere. yeah, no, definitely in somewhere like that. Uh, but, fucking. Uh, God, did you fucker. Nothing happening. It's incredibly true. But, uh... <laughs> I love the thought of, okay, her mind is too active. What you should do to make it so that her mind isn't active is give her nothing to do. That'll make sure that she has no imagination stuff to stoke. Yeah, the way to remove her imagination <laughs> is to upend her from her comfortable setting and take yes. her someplace new that she's never seen before. Well, where she has nothing to do but think where she and has imagine nothing stuff. nothing to do, yes. Yes, it's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And it's she's perfect. an author, so it'll work. There's no imagination. She's not allowed to do any work, though. No work. She needs to get away from all this excitement for a while. She needs a rest. And that means no work. Dr. She needs to go somewhere where her imagination won't be stimulated. So they're driving down the highway in their convertible. I think this takes place in California because they mention L.A. a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they're driving down the highway in California in their convertible, listening to Mozart at high speed. Mm-hmm. As you do. <laughs> you know, kid, listen, cool people just cruising down the highway, listening to the raddest music alive. Yeah. Who right, drive dog? <laughs> Who drives, Who drives uh, a convertible with like with classical music? Yes, <sighs> like free to use ago, classical yeah. music. Yeah. Two to get away together. Yep. It's what our marriage a needs. High speed moment. Mozart chase. Wait, no, it's not her and Richard. It's her and Tom, her work husband. Yes, that's correct. Her work yes. husband's driving. Yeah, her it, it does. On the it highway. does cut back. Yes, she said. He says, "Okay, we're gonna take her on a vacation," and then suddenly it's not Richard; it's Tom, her work husband. Yeah, they. This is why switch. we were confused yeah. because, like, why would they switch these? Why is he driving her to her romantic weekend with her husband? It makes no sense. No, it's so, fucking nonsense. So, Marine, her work husband. <laughs> driving down the highway and then they apparently a sharp cut to a dirt road which they were not Mm -hmm. on no and a sheriff pulls them over and is like hey i'm the sheriff what the fuck are you doing driving your car and they're like oh we're driving oh okay 
Anyways, I'm here to harass you because I'm a cop. How's it going? I'm here to harass you. They really do nail in the hatred of cops in this immediately. There are some... uh, This movie, I'm so... I'm so conflicted about this movie because I really, really like some of the themes that they stumbled into. Mm -hmm. Where, like, I feel like this cop, it really feeds into her kind of, like, anxiety of other people and the way that she's gaslit. Mm -hmm. Because this guy is very... He just... He's super, super quiet, and he's really, really gruff, and he's just a harassing piece of shit. But, like, it fits in perfectly with how she would view someone in authority like that. Like, that she would be scared and nervous around them, and he is immediately unsettling. And it's really good. Yeah, actually, another title for this movie could be Gaslighting Werewolves. Because the whole plot is about gaslighting her with her hallucinations and with people in town. constantly lying to her and this cop being a terrible authority figure that's lying about everything that's happening well we'll get into her husband and their relationship also yeah yeah it it's very uncomfortable and unsettling but it's meant to be and i think that it does that side of things well what it doesn't do well is almost everything else So they arrive at a, a cottage next to the mm-hmm. town of, uh, oh god, what was the town? Drago. Drago, which is different than Drago, which is the neighboring town of Draga, which is near Dragor. Which in is in Romania. In in... <laughs> Where all the werewolves can, come from. Can you tell they wrote the script as they were doing it? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, at the the front of the cottage is a big werewolf claw mark on the door which i'm not sure is a hallucination or not that's that's where like the i like a good narrator who is not trustworthy about their own story and that that comes into play a lot in this movie of like is is what marie seeing real or is it what she's seeing in her head and is Mm -hmm. it a premonition is it is it, you know, foreshadowing? What is it? Is it and, an actual haunting? Is it like... Yeah. yeah it's yeah, not yeah. clear ever. And I actually kind of like that part. I, I love that part about this. I don't yeah. even just like it. I think that this movie, if it was done with a real budget and with, I don't know, a script beforehand, like the theming and stuff of this movie is cool. I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff underneath, but yeah. Yep, so Marie walks in. Her husband's already there setting stuff up at the cottage. And she she brings in her work husband, Tom, to introduce oh to her real husband to be like, Hey, hi, husband. This is my work husband. Worlds are colliding! You're going to kill independent Marie! <laughs> we fuck on Tuesdays. He's here to say hi. He drove me here. Can he stay the night? What's today? Tuesday? Great. It's... Yeah, God. Yeah, she's like, why doesn't he just stay? And all this stuff. And it's it's so weird. It is the most uncomfortable scene. Because it makes no sense. It's bizarre. Why didn't her husband drive her? Why did her work husband drive her? Why did she invite him in like he was going to have a threesome with them? Right. Why does like her husband act like he's never met him? And right? Like, not that there's anything wrong if they had that type of relationship. No, yeah, no, of course it. not. But it's just so ambiguous the whole well, time. And 
the husband, the, the other thing too is that they obviously don't have that kind of relationship because the husband is really off put by this. Like, yes. His body language and his, uh, like, conversation, he's, he's fucking pissed. He does not like this guy. He does not want him near them. Like, and Tom, for his side of things, is also kind of like, this is, I should probably get going. Like, Tom's just kind of, and she's just, no, come on. You guys are going to be great friends. And it's just like, what the fuck is her point here? What's she going to do? Like, what, yeah. what's the goal here, Marie? What's the end game? I don't. It's bizarre. Like, it it's it's no like sense. she wanted to grab both of them at the end and be like, now kiss. And and like <laughs> it doesn't lead to anything really either. So no. yeah. It's, it's weird. But okay. So Tom leaves and they get ready for the romantic multiple weeks in this cottage. Mm-hmm. I I guess. Uh by the way, the sheriff before he let them go from his harassment that he was, you know allowed to do for his job because that's what he gets paid to do he told them not to go to the town of drago ever yes don't go don't go to the town it's too far your cottage is outside of it and never makes it really ever seem like he wants in to... that town ever yeah so anyways they go to the town they immediately go to town <laughs> go pick up groroceries yeah to wander around and pick up groceries at the local mm. grocery store with sightseeing and O's, hang out mr and mrs o that talk mm. like I don't know. Like they they talk like the twins from The Shining or something. They're weird. They're very stilted. Yeah. Like which, she which goes is good again. But the 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 beginning of that scene with them I remember is them inside of the store. Like it cuts to them inside of the store as they're saying, "Oh, we need to go and get groceries." And the woman goes like, "We have visitors." And he's like, "I hear them." I hear them, Mrs. O. And then they all and then they like quickly kind of like shuffle themselves so that they're like oh like act more normal and you're like oh okay like it's it's a good setup like they do a really weird stilted intro of these people yeah because so then they're like very super friendly and opening and inviting like yeah because then they then they manage to get a facade yeah mm-hmm. yeah again in better hands <laughs> yes yeah it, it, it shows the mask slip and it does a good job like yeah. there's brief moments of really good stuff in this and it just you know what actually this kind of feels like a tales from the crypt or a creep show or something like that like a comic book in a yes. way yep it's yeah interesting you, you said at one point that it would have been a really nice tight like 30 minutes kind of i think it would like, tv episode yeah. i think that you could definitely go that way with it I think that that would be the way for these people to have done it because they can't do the tension. I think that if you could actually manage the tension and have the themes of the gaslighting and stuff ramp up the whole time, this movie could have been a classic. Like if you actually had somebody who was really talented doing mm-hmm. some of the stuff and getting the and like better actors, like you'd need a lot of stuff. And a higher budget, different, but <laughs> yeah, you, you might need you you would need some things for sure yep. but like and i don't want to blame them entirely because some of it is budgetary constraints and some of it is like you know like there's it's obviously a hampered production but man. yeah but the uh the couple wanders in to a local art store where a goth artist sells oddities and paintings of her vagina hey you want to fuck and every everything in her store she's like that's my vagina and that painting over there that's my vagina. That and would that you statue? like to be in my vagina? That's my vagina. Richard, 
Yeah, that oh, sorry, I see Maria's yeah, here. Ugh. <laughs> and every single thing, she's just like flirting with Richard, and all everything she's ever painted or created is just her vagina. She's basically like dropping pencils on the floor to be like, oopsie, and like bend over in front of him. And like, yeah. so, it's like, oh boy. The couple leaves the store, and Marie's like, oh, you were really interested in those paintings of her vagina, huh, Richard? <laughs> And he's like, no, uh, no, no, I wasn't. Shut up. You don't know anything. No, I just appreciate art. Yeah, I don't, I'm not interested in her vagina art at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, one other thing to point out. Uh, they brought uh, a dog. They brought a dog. They sure them. did. Pierre. Uh, which is like a, yeah, Pierre. It's like a little poodle mix or something. Yeah, they call it a poodle, but it... Like, poodles do look different when you don't get them clipped to look like poodles. Yeah. Kind of like things like schnauzers. But it looked more like you, we were talking about it. I thought maybe Bichon. So, like, it seems like it might have been a poodle mix. But they call it It looks too small to be a poodle is the main poodle. Uh There are miniature poodles. Like, there's there are oh, okay. sizes of poodles. There's, there's giant poodles that are, like, huge. And then there are regular poodles and there's miniature poodles. And miniature poodles would be about that size, but... Yeah, it, it, but other things about it just don't. It doesn't look fully poodle. It doesn't look like 100% a. Poodle. It's a white, curly-haired little pup who yeah, loves yeah. exploring. Yes, that is a hiking. Pierre dog. just goes on some good adventures. That is a hiking dog. You take that dog mm -hmm. up to the mountain. That dog's having a good ass time. That dog. That dog's gonna go out into the woods and have like a good ninety-minute adventure with lots and lots of cool animals, and it's gonna throw a wolf off of a cliff. Yes. They make a yeah. fantastic movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know about fantastic. That's a that's a stretch. Uh, anyway, Pierre runs off into the woods exploring mm -hmm. and Marie loses track of him. So they go home to the cottage and go to bed and have sex at night. Yep. And during sex, Marie keeps hearing howling in the woods. And she keeps yes. asking, Richard, what's that howling for? The original. The original nightmare. That's nightmare. like I'm in nightmare. my own original nightmare. And this howling four. Do you hear that howling four? Man, I've yep. heard it four times at least. That uh, howling. Which Richard loses interest completely. And they just stop. Like, yeah. Oh, howling four. The original nightmare. Mm, nothing is maybe less interested in you. What's that howling? Four. Only howling I ever heard was a coyote. The original. Nightmare. That was a good many years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there's kind of this yep. constant theme where, like, they, they do that a lot, where basically at the end of every day, it's him having sex with her. She's very disinterested, it seems. And mm -hmm. she keeps on being like, do you hear that howling? Like, And it's mostly when they're having sex. And, and like, late at night and stuff, when he's either when he's sleeping or when he's, like I said, wants to get down with her. And so it's really pissing him off because it's, and it's starting to show that tension in their relationship, which is like, I like this. I really like this part of things where it's showing that distance between them and her, like, again, is it her illness? Like, is there's she, a lot of like, she's is this real? Ill? Is this is it yeah. not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so there's a uh, lot of that kind of tension there and it's him it feels like he's trying to be supportive. I'm not trying to defend him because he's a real piece of shit. But also, like, there's... 
he's slowly getting more and more frustrated with her over the course of this of like, well, he's doing the shitty, oh, she's just crazy and I'm fucking tired of it thing, right? But he's trying to hide it and it's just bubbling underneath the surface and it is affecting the things that he wants to do with her, mainly her, over and over and like more and more and more as this goes on. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, and I, I like that theme yeah. of it. Yeah. Like, cause it's showing that those cracks in the relationship and how that's happening and how much the, the howling is getting between them. So yeah. So she has her little thing where she's yelling about howling and mm-hmm. throughout, we can kind of speed run some of this because, oh man, this movie is slow, right? Like it's slow. I, I did want to point out, like she talks to the villagers a lot of times and they're constantly really bad about lying about things oh that she's heard God. or seen. Mainly Mrs. So o. Often. Yeah, Mrs. Mainly o is worse. It's so she's fucking so good. so bad at lying. <laughs> do you want to do that? What's her explanation of the howling, Boyks? Oh, yeah, because... Okay, so Marie goes to Mrs. O and asks about, hey, did you hear that howling last night before mm-hmm. the original re- <laughs> nightmare? Yeah, that nightmare? Yeah. Have you ever had yeah, an original so- nightmare, like one that no one's had? Yeah, and, and Mrs. O's like, oh, uh, howling. Oh, there must have been, that must have been the owls. Owls in the Howl woods. The owls. owls. Yes, the howl owls. They're out in the woods. These howl yeah, they, owls. They howl all the time, those rascally owls. <laughs> it's just. And I, like, oh, okay, the howling owls. I should have known. Uh, oh, yeah, howl owl. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, Mrs. O. It's just that there's something so sinister about these woods. I, is there? Every night I've been hearing this howling. Or. Well, it's probably just owls. The woods are full of them. Fucking is this way? What the fuck are you talking about, lady? And, and there's like a there's a bell tower later on yes. too, and they're they're about to go explore the bell tower. Mrs. O's like, oh, don't go near that bell tower. Uh, it's a fire hazard. That's where people go when there's a fire. Yeah, so yeah. people about the fire hazard that it is. <laughs> yeah, it's what? a fire hazard. How is it a fire hazard? Uh, it's how we hazard people that there are fires. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. Like, wait. What? <laughs> I think they oh, add those lines or something. It makes no sense at all. Something, yeah, the the unwritten script might be the culprit here for sure. But yeah, so Marie eventually wanders towards uh, a cave as she's heading mm-hmm. back to her cottage because, well, because the she goth gets told, lady yes, tells her yeah. to go there. And and she also famously she's been seeing ghosts this whole time, so she saw oh, them yeah, none yeah. early on. Because uh, this just kind of ties together. Because this is and this is where I wanted to speed run some of it throughout the mm-hmm. all of this stuff while the howling is happening at, at night and everything too. She is also constantly grappling with like these visions where she sees the two old people that used to live in the house, and then they like fly against the wall and then they disappear. And she sees the nun a bunch. She keeps seeing that nun that she saw in the opening sequence, mm-hmm. and when she's going into the woods at one point to go back home, she sees the nun again. She sees somebody in like a black kind of habit, looks like a cloak kind of thing and runs up to them and grabs them by the shoulder 
and it's the goth chick in a cloak and the goth chick directs her to a shortcut across a bridge and that's the way home uh like an extra Mm -hmm. way home she's like oh you'll get there faster and then when she goes across that she runs into the cave so it's kind of tied into that whole like she's just constantly seeing these visions of like the nun and all of these old people that used to live in the house and stuff like that uh and inside the cave she finds well she finds pierre's decapitated head uh which is very bad i love pierre how dare it's done really sudden so you almost don't recognize it which i i liked like they they did a good Mm -hmm. it's blink and you miss it kind of thing i wouldn't call it a jump scare but it's just surprising yeah And, and later on her husband goes back out to that cave to see if he could find it and all he finds is a doll head that looks kind of like pierre's hair Mm -hmm. so he makes the assumption that she saw that and then saw a vision of pierre dead to further gaslight her essentially yeah Yeah, but exactly anyway uh yeah she runs back and the i guess the husband goes to the goth artist on his own later um yeah to get her further yeah, to get her painting supplies or something, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. She and, said that she was also a painter and liked to paint sometimes, so he was getting her some paints, and then he said he'd also pick up yep. a present for her. Just to point out that he's willing to go back without her. Mm-hmm. So, uh, later on, uh, some hikers show up. Skipping yes. ahead a bit. Some some hikers show up uh, at the cottage and like, hey, we're hikers. It's us, a couple, who definitely won't die. Uh, we live in a camper in the woods. We definitely won't die. <laughs> Yeah, one thing that I really love as a hiker, living. Living is the best thing. I just love living. Living and hiking through these woods alive, being able to breathe the air, nothing ripping my throat out. Oh god, there's something ripping my throat out. Oh god, oh the worst thing, the thing that I don't like. <laughs> so the yep. die. So they die. And Marie sees like a tow truck driver towing their camper back into In town. town. Yeah. Well, before that, though, she did meet a nun that also randomly wandered up at her door, like, about the same time as the hikers. So I was really confused if she was one of the hikers or not, because of the timing of it all. Yeah, it but happens really close. The, the nun she finds was the like hikers injured in the woods, yeah. and then she finds the nun, like, right afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, but the nun's just a big fan of her books, and she was also looking for the other nun that went missing in the same town, randomly, coincidentally. Yeah. To make it clear, she's not a nun anymore. She's not dressed as a nun. She's an mm-hmm. ex-nun. She says that she left specifically because she's trying to find what happened to Sister Ruth, which was yeah. the nun that, oh God, Marie is seen in her visions. Because they even show this new nun, Janice, yes, brings Janice. photos and stuff of her and everything and is like, oh yeah, like I'm looking for Sister Ruth and shows her the photos and she's like, holy shit, that's the nun I've been seeing. So there's this instant connection between them and they decide that they're going to do some Scooby-Doo sleuthing around shit to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and it's it's really weird that the camper was getting towed because it didn't have any front tires. <laughs> that's, 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 that's good. Yeah, that's, oh my <laughs> God. Plates. And she's like, no, 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 no. I know that this is... This is the people that are in the woods. I know these people. And she's trying to stop them from towing it away. And they're like, oh, you know that one? Well, come on. Like, it doesn't have any plates. And the whole time I'm like, 
but it also doesn't have any tires. Like and how more are they driving this thing? What? How yeah. Are, yeah, like you can't you can't tell me. Oh well, we know it was abandoned because it has no plates. When there's no fucking tires on it, that seems like a way bigger sign that it's abandoned. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So, so Marie and uh, Janice scooby yeah, do around, and they they find plates, New York yeah. plates. Just as so, an aside, I think that the camper probably doesn't have tires because of budgetary constraints. They just they got probably it had a junkyard. Like, yeah, that's they, all. Exactly. They found an old yeah. junkyard one, and they weren't going to buy new tires to put it on this thing and make it look right. So, but yeah, it's they'd have just to get incredible. four too. You can't just put two tires on it. it doesn't no. Look right. Yeah. yeah. How are you going to drive that thing with two tires that are different than the other tires? Yeah. God. Makes no sense. Anyway. Yeah. So they they find the license plates, like you said. Not only did they find them. Where they found them is important because it's inside of the tow truck. They sneak into the tow truck, uh, like bay where the guy yeah. had been holding it, and it was thrown in the trash can. And these guys had said, like the sheriff and the tow truck driver, like, "Oh no, we found it in the woods, totally abandoned, no plates." So now they're like, "Well, what in the fuck is this about?" Because I'm, like, if they said there's no plates on it, why are there New York plates? These on plates this thing? raise a lot of questions about how often trash day occurs at this uh at this tow truck small, very very small town yeah yeah because uh, what we learn later it's implied that they were there for quite a while in that trash can yeah i this doesn't part really make sense. doesn't yeah. add up at all and i this is one of those things where they needed a script before they started filming <laughs> Because yeah, I guess some of the details do not match up appropriately. So Richard comes back home, and now he has a gun because he went to L.A. Uh, yeah, off screen at some point. He's just he's in with L.A. with a rabbit. He kill. He hunts rabbits now. Hi, I'm Richard. <laughs> I'm yeah, he comes now. back with a gun and a rabbit from L.A., the place where you go rabbit hunting. <laughs> what? <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. It is the weirdest fucking transition. Yeah, and and then he teaches uh, Janice and Marie how to shoot, although Janice can already shoot. Marie has no idea what the fuck she's doing with that gun. Yeah, Marie is going to throw At her all. shoulder out. She's gonna Janice is going to murder some motherfuckers. Janice is ready to join SEAL Team 6. She yeah, like has perfect shit. form. Holy shit. And then the next day, so the next day happens a lot in this movie, by the way. It constantly shifts between day and night, sometimes in the same scene. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, you mean like how like, it went from day to night to day to night. I, listen, sometimes you have yeah. to shoot night to day, right? Sometimes like, like Richard, will be, yeah. Yeah, Richard will be in the cottage, walking outside the door, looking outside into the woods, and it's day. And then in the woods, it's night. And then it cuts back to him looking into the woods, and it's day. And you're like, what fucking... Did time pass? Did he stand there all night? What happened? Yeah, because she tells him that she hears something in the woods at one point, and when he goes out to look, him him on the cottage is, like you said, night. And then when he's looking in the woods, it's day. And it's just back and forth, back and forth. And it's like, that's not what day to night means. You can't... They want to do that... yeah, they, they must have just not shot the scene, and then they tried to edit it in later. There must be something like that. Well, I think that what it was is because at the end of that, when he's looking around in the woods, and then he finally gives up and he goes back inside, 
there is motion in the woods for half a second. It's a, it's a really bad shot scene. But yeah. there, there is, it seems like what they were intending was there was like, oh, there was something there the whole time. And if it was night, they didn't have any lights and stuff. They have no budget. So they couldn't show that at night. So they just shot it in the yeah, day maybe. so that you could see the movement. But then it doesn't work because <laughs> he's looking from night into daytime, which is the most mind-blowing thing that you can possibly imagine. Like, it just does not line up at all. Your brain is breaking the entire time. It's real weird. It's real odd. Uh, so Richard goes back into town and wanders over to goth lady who draws vaginas. And then they just very graphically bone and then they just jump into a porno yeah and at the same time marie gets attacked by a wolf mm-hmm. uh, which she shoots at and richard comes back home that night after cheating yeah to gunpoint by marie aimed at the door who's scared and he he walks back out to go look for the wolf that she saw he doesn't see anything the window's not broken like it was when the wolf attacked so like he thinks she's losing it yeah. She has to be losing it, right? Yeah, and he's and it's showing that he's reached his breaking point also because he like that's the reason that he cheated on her, right? It mm-hmm. is kind of implied is that he's tired of looking after her and that kind of thing. Like it makes him a piece of shit, but he's that's his thing is he's just like, well, I want her to be here and available for me and she's not and he's not there and available for her, so He's just tired of it, and he's finding somebody new. Yeah, so after Marie confronts him about werewolves, because she thinks werewolves are attacking, he Mm. just has it, he fucking leaves, and he meets up with goth chick in the middle of a field, and then they bone again in the middle of the field. (laughs) Yeah, in the middle of the night. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to go outside. (laughs) They're going to bone. And, And I guess the goth chick, like, transforms a little bit and bites him, Mm -hmm. and then leaves him. Yeah, bleeding out in the woods. Yeah, and Marie runs out after him, bandages him up, and brings him inside. And he's like, hey, because uh, she's going to go leave to look for, you know, medical help. Because he's bleeding really bad. He has huge bite marks and scratches. And oh, yeah, bleeding. he's fucked up. Yeah. And and she's like, I'll go get help. He's like, no, don't go. There's a wolf out there that attacked me. Stay and hide. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which... I I kind of like that they give him a bit of humanity at a few points here where he's kind of like, because he is trying to protect her at this point. He is saying mm. like, because he tells her like, like abandon me because she's like, oh, I'll, I'll go and get you help. Like, and he's like, no, like, let me die. You run and hide. There's something horrible out there. Yeah. So she puts him in the bedroom and calls the doctor the next day, the town doctor. He shows up. And she's like, oh my god, did you see all those wolf bite marks all over him? He was bleeding everywhere. Is he okay? Uh, Bite marks? There were no bite marks, Marie. He just fell down. Oh, golly. I can lie, too. Hello, I'm lying. Yeah, fell down a gully in the, like, 50 feet away from your cabin that's in a field. He was only boating a lady and then fell down a gully. Uh Uh-huh. So she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And runs upstairs to see Richard. And she's just fucking livid. She's like, all right, Mm -hmm. you tell him that a wolf bit you. And she comes and looks at him. And because they were also like, oh, it's just a few scratches on his shoulder. Like, what are you freaking out about? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, he had like, I mean, he had a huge chunk out of him. He had a bite. 
and now she's looking at him and he has three little scratches on his shoulder and nothing else and he goes i fell down a gully and hit my head what the hell are you talking about and this is where the gas gaslighting her yeah the gaslighting like it was always there but this is where it just cranks it into overdrive like they're just constantly now like lying to her and she eventually she believes them she's like oh man like and she goes to janice and she's like listen i i need to stop doing this scooby-doo shit with you um it's really fucking with my head like i i thought that my husband was attacked by a wolf because of all this werewolf shit and the nun stuff and she's like i i have to confess to you the reason that i came out here was because it was recommended by a psychiatrist because i'm having a lot of mental illness right now and i i need hallucinations yeah yeah, like i've been having hallucinations i've been having all these problems and this is a doctor prescribed thing where i'm supposed to relax and not get into these kinds of problems so that i have less of a problem with like a fractured reality kind of issue and i think that this is really unhealthy for me to be around you and doing this stuff which is like a, a really interesting kind of plot point. Like I, I like this side of things. It's, it's gross and unsettling because you know that she's right, but also it's it's done in such a way where he's a bastard, but he's also got enough humanity that you can see why she keeps believing him, right? Like how yeah. he's run and hide. Like it does a lot a lot of that pretty well. And then Janice actually, for her part too, is really good about it. Janice is a great person because janice immediately goes like oh my god i'm so sorry like i had no idea that you were going through this yeah you shouldn't help me with this at all like it sounds like too much for you um you know just just leave it kind of thing and mm-hmm. yeah and very supportive bef- uh before that she also called tom her work yes. boyfriend work husband mm-hmm. to, to first get the information about the plates which were actually not from the hikers they were from somebody named brooks last name brooks Mm-hmm. so that feeds further into her oh my god am i making stuff up and because yeah, she's like oh that's not even the same license plates i guess i was totally wrong about the hikers too yep and then she asks him about werewolves he's like oh like in the movies those aren't real uh, so he's concerned enough to drive out uh and in mm-hmm. the middle of the day but it's night for him <laughs> yes yeah yeah god, the day night stuff is real bad and and that's important because tom shows up uh, and starts like spooching on her because he's her work husband. Uh, and Richard gets jealous and tells him to fuck off. So he fucks off over to Janice's place in the town next door for some reason. Yeah, I want to mention I real quickly. I, I just want to clarify you when you say smooching on her, I, I like the way that they did this in that all of Tom's stuff, I don't know that it was intended, but I do like that all of Tom's stuff is very ambiguous because she's like no 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 like i'm just having a breakdown like you need to not feed this into me like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm really having problems mental health wise like you need to you need to go i'm sorry that i bothered you thank you for being supportive but like i i just need the rest that i was supposed to get like thank you for helping and Mm -hmm. he's like and she's kind of crying almost so he goes behind her to like comfort her and give her a hug and it it could be sexual and like that he likes her, but it's also kind of just, he could just be a friend. Like it, it's, it's very ambiguous clear. that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite clear. And so then when Richard comes in, Richard super overreacts and is just a piece of shit because that's who Richard is. And 
you know, he's he's projecting because he's been cheating. So he's just going to assume that she is. She's like, no, like Tom's being nice. And then they have their little fight. Yeah. 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 And he leaves. So but but Tom goes to Janice's and he's talking to her about, yeah, those plates you found weren't even from those hikers. It was somebody named Brooks. I don't know, Brooks. Oh, my God, Brooks. Like the nun who went missing. Oh, my God. Sister Ruth Brooks. Sister we Ruth Brooks. Name. Yeah. So they go investigate, and her parents were also, of course, Brooks, uh, mm-hmm. and they were from New York, and they were the ones who owned the cottage before they rented it. So the the ghosts that she's mm-hmm. been seeing were the Brooks, who were apparently killed. And, yes. and it all ties back, like the New York license plates, they went to a New York hospital, supposedly, from the doctor who lied to Marie like yeah. there were a little bit of clues here and there that something's not quite you know as they were saying but yeah so so tom and janice go running back to drago drago whatever it is uh because they need to go save marie she's in danger and they know because what sister um ruth used to say all the time was that oh, we are God. all in fear so i went okay I was going to say, I almost interrupted when you when you were talking about yeah. how it kind of all ties together. I was like, yeah, I kind of like, the mystery does have a lot of little hints to it the whole time. Mm-hmm. And if it was more skillfully put together, I think that it could have made a really interesting tension build up to like the solving of it. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this, <laughs> which yeah, is just like, like the, what the, scenes, the fuck? The scenes oh. where the nun showed up, she was saying, we are all in fear. All in and fear. then she would like scream mm-hmm. or fall or get attacked. And like, we are all in fear. We are all in fear. So Janice is like, huh, demons, huh, werewolves, huh, Satan, hmm, we are all in fear. And then she just starts saying it faster and faster. And she's like, we're all in fear. We're all in fear. Werewolves are here. Werewolves are here. Werewolves are here. Oh my God. That means that there's werewolves and they really exist. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) What? (laughs) Comes out of fucking nowhere. The demons, the de- denims, jeans. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that totally fucking. Yeah, yeah, that's the clue. If we had just heard, we're all in fear, we'd have realized immediately. should not be the inciting thing for this that should not be the the big reveal is that we are all in fear the whole time kind of sort of reminds you of werewolves are here so obviously that means that it's true it's like extremely loose (laughs) oh yeah 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 like peter killed a deer i mean who like right (laughs) who knows it could be anything 
so fucking so, so they go rushing back. Uh, Tom... Ghosts come... drink lots of beer. Oh my god, we need to get a keg. Oh my god, werewolves <laughs> are here. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but so Tom Tom comes up on, on Richard in the middle of the road as he starts to transform. And Richard kills Tom on the side mm-hmm. of the road. And then we get, like, the coolest fucking thing. Yes. Like, the actual Absolutely. coolest fucking thing I've seen There's on There's no film way that we can describe while. this in an adequate way. And it, the rest of the movie does not at all justify watching this scene, but you should watch this scene on its own, I would say. It's yes. so fucking good. It's one of those things where I'm like, man, like, all the budget went there. Uh, it's not like, uh, oh, it's so bad, it's good scene. It's a so good. It's it's good scene. It's really fantastic. It, the werewolf transformation and it was reused. We mentioned it in Howling Five or it six. It was five or, or may, six. One of them, maybe both of them. Story, yeah. It might have been both of them. Honestly, uh, there they reuse this transformation sequence and or at least bits of it. They never show the whole thing, which is a travesty because holy shit, this thing's so good. And even in those ones, I remember us being like, wow, this scene looks Yeah, we were like, I want to watch that movie. That movie looks great. <laughs> and oh. then we were wrong about that. But oh, also, no. <laughs> this transformation scene still slaps. Uh, because their werewolves are... So in this universe, and the way that they've done them, the werewolves are demons from hell. That they basically make a deal with Satan, and that's what makes them monsters. Mm-hmm. And... Because of that, that means that they don't just have to, like, transform into a werewolf from human directly in a way, right? Like, it's not like the normal werewolf lore. Like, Satan needs to imbue demonic power into them. Yeah. And so they literally melt this man down like a candle to his skeleton in incredible fashion. This whole scene is three minutes long. Like, it's a hugely long transformation scene. Flesh is falling off in pieces to reveal bone, and it's disgusting. Mm -hmm. The whole thing Until he's literally nothing but skeleton. And then he's in a puddle, and he's, like, writhing, just his skeleton moving. And then he, like, slowly reforms into the werewolf, like, with, like, the snout slowly coming off the Mm -hmm. skeleton. And, like, it's... It's impossible to describe in a way that makes it as cool as it actually is. It's fucking rad. I think also, it might be better than like American Werewolf in London or any of those. Like this is it, this might this be the my best favorite. werewolf transformation. Yeah. It, it's on the level for me. A lot of what it reminds me of, a lot of the prosthetics and stuff, uh, felt very much like the fly. Yeah. Like, because how melty he gets it's, and all the skin sloughing off. It's punching and... so high above its weight. <laughs> yes yeah it it is yeah. a scene that is it's one of like the, again the greatest gore slash transformation scenes that i've ever seen and that's not in like oh in bad b movies or in, no 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 like it is a hundred percent up there with something like the fly like it's really 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 good it's an incredible scene of just weird gore shit and it, it really is helped atmospherically when as he melts down into the puddle the other werewolf villagers finally find him and see him and they start like chanting like satan take him and all this yeah. stuff so it's like very over the top weird satan shit. calls you yeah all that stuff while he's like coming yeah. back out of the water as this werewolf now and oh god that's it's really neat yeah
this fucking nail. Look at this. Man, they spent... I would also cut audio from the film for that, to be fair. I would Honestly, it might have been worth it. That. Yeah. If it was that good, mm-hmm. we could redo the audio. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, we, don't, yeah. we don't need lav mics. We gotta shoot this fucking transformation scene. I, I don't fault them for that choice. And that's where I was saying, like, I, I do feel a little bit bad about this movie because there's obviously some talent behind it at various points. And, like, there's some of the theming that really works. And it, I'm like, man, I wonder how much of this was that if they just had money so that they could spend time, like, doing the script. And, like, this might have been a classic. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you gave them mm-hmm. another $50,000, would this movie have actually been incredible? And oh, it might have I have, been. Uh, I have some information on that. Uh, mm-hmm. They had a $2 million budget for this film. What the fuck? In 86 or something when they started shooting it. What? Yeah, uh, they have never made back that two million either. By the way, holy shit! Yeah, I mean, I so, like, imagine I, I, with that budget, that's concerning me. That, that is they, huh. that they were so half-assed about shooting this. There is some mismanagement somewhere. Like... Yeah, right. Like the budget's way bigger than I thought it would be. In in wow. eight, eight money. Yeah, I mean, movies didn't get made for that kind no. of like not not howling four movies didn't get made on two million dollar budgets like that no, so like it, like you and i are talking about like oh if they just had more money but i'm like i think they had the money that's what's concerning about it there, right? there must like, have been yeah it feels like there must have been like some kind of problem where it got delayed like maybe a director left at one point or something like it feels like like that's five million dollars something today. happened because, I mean, yeah, also I mean, two years yeah. of production for this. Like, if they started filming in 86 and the movie came out in 88. And, and I'm movies assuming take a while they to make, filming but... it. Like, most movies are filmed a year or two before release, so. Sure. It would be but somewhere it... around there. Oh, okay. You're, you're just assuming? Okay, yeah. fair enough. It, it's I, somewhere it... around there. Mm. But the point is, like, they had the budget. Weird. They clearly spent it here. But, like, yes. the rest of yeah. it just feels... Mm, I wish they did better. <laughs> Yeah, I, this is a, speaking of mysteries, this movie is a mystery. But, yeah, anyway, so we get the raddest fucking transformation sequence, basically, of all time. One of the coolest scenes. It, yeah. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. I'll try and link it on Twitter and stuff, and you can look it up on your own. Just Howling for yeah. Transformation. 
So uh, Marie ends up getting into a car and trying to drive off after all the werewolves run after her. And mm-hmm. Janice uh, comes upon Tom's dead body and then goes straight to Marie to try and save her in her open door. <laughs> open yeah, they ditched Jeep. the car with like a lot of doors and stuff that are Windows closed. And... That, yeah, 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 yeah. So the things can't get in and go into the open top Jeep. <laughs> yep. And uh, so Marie runs into the open top Jeep and is like, all right, we're safe now. They can never get into this open vehicle. And and the sheriff just shows up with a gun and shoots all their tires. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit so so they run to the bell tower because there's the lore from romania about how the neighboring town took out all the werewolves by ringing the bell and then starting a fire burning them all down in the same bell tower that they imported from romania to this small town for fun because it's a fire hazard <laughs> yeah for no reason at all which it seems what? like a really bad idea to bring your weakness with like, you from Romania, but, I, you Mrs. know. Mrs. O was technically correct about it being a fire hazard, and also when you ring the bell, it's because there's a fire, right? Like, she was technically right, but... Also, how do you import a bell tower from Romania when it the lore of that bell tower is that it was literally burned to the ground <laughs> because they, they killed all the yeah, werewolves in it? Like... It's... Yeah, it's why, one of those why would you want that... that in the middle of your werewolf village if you know the lore of it burning down a werewolf village? Yep, like I said, well, let's, let's import yeah. our weakness. It's like if vampire what? a vampire town decided to bring in a shrine full of garlic and steaks and stick and it in the middle water? of their town. Hey, let's yeah. start that holy water store in our vampire yeah, yeah, yeah. town. Yep. For fun, why not? For fun, we'll just do it. It'll be funny. Like, <laughs> why, why did what? they do this? What at great fuck? personal expense they took it I, it's yep. uh, it's one of those things where again like this movie it varies wildly in quality because even one of the best transformation sequences of all time with like and lots of really cool theming just before that of all the gaslighting and the fight between like tom and richard and all that kind of thing and like her two lives clashing and then all of a sudden it just goes to how do we get rid of the wolves? I don't know. They imported their weakness from Romania and they burn it. Fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. So uh, I guess so much no care and attention sense. on one side. And then on the other side, just like, eh, fuck it. It reads <laughs> it like done. they wrote the script as they started filming. Yeah. Almost weird. Hmm. But so Janice rings the bell. All the werewolves yep. come to the bell tower to attack her. As Marie, like, sets off a uh, Molotov cocktail-like thing in the gas tank of a, her car, I think. And no, it was it. just a random car on the wheat. Just on a the random car? Side. Yeah, yeah. There was and a Jeep there it. that had, like, some gas in it, yeah. Yeah, she pushes it towards the church bell tower thing, which burns it to the ground, killing all the werewolves inside. And Janice, because mm. she didn't leave. I guess. Well, Janice knew she wasn't going to. Yeah. She said, like, she had to ring the bell to keep the werewolves' attention and keep them there. Yeah. Whatever. Sure. Marie sees uh, Richard, who was transformed and is very hairy. Not normal Richard Harry. Like, he's this Oh, God. A lot time. of him shirtless he's, and hairy. He's even, even more hairy. You would and call that like, man pursuit. <laughs> Richard, I can't believe you died in that fire. After you turn into a werewolf, and I threw that car at you, which killed you in this fire. And and then a werewolf pops out of the fire, like in the cheap barbecue at the beginning of the movie. Oh, spooky. 
Good Good credits, I guess. That's yeah. the end. Like, there's some foreshadowing, I guess, with like the nuns and some of the visions she's seeing and all this stuff. But like, like the, the payoff's fire, not yeah. good at all. <laughs> some of no, this. no. And it's such a shame because that transformation scene would make any other movie worth your time. But this one, mm. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, they they do do something interesting though. They used uh like huskies. They used real dogs for when the werewolves turned into to wolves to run through the forest. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of scenes with like huskies and such running through the forest. Uh, to, to well, make and they, their werewolves. and they also do uh like when there's the transformation. I wouldn't call it a scene because it's just a hard cut from like them having sex to suddenly she's a weird dog. Yeah, uh, yeah. like when she's having sex with him. Uh, like that, the way that they show the Huskies, they'll sometimes show their faces, but they have some prosthetics and stuff on them. They, they kind of shine their eyes up a lot more, which is pretty typical and whatever, but they also like make their mouths really fucked up and weird. Like they do some weird shit with like the jaws of the Huskies. That's really neat looking. Yeah. And there's also, uh, the doctor is inside of the bell tower when they first go in there and he's like kind of mocking them and stuff and like, oh, like we're going to get you kind of thing. And he's half transformed with like this weird, like Joker-fied face grin it's thing, like where jaw. his mouth is yeah. way too big and smiling. And he reaches into his mouth and rips his cheeks off. It's and yeah, like there's some real really gross weird prosthetics then, going on, yeah. And then he transforms into a werewolf in a much less elaborate way. But it, the monster costume that he's in is really good too. Like, so there's some really really good prosthetic work and special effects right at the end of this movie. And yeah, I gotta it say, like, justify the beginning. The costuming's good. The special effects are good. I, I feel like this would be a really good Tales from the Crypt episode. Mm-hmm. Again, like I think if they cut it down from what they have yes, and just yeah. really made it a tight story, I think this would work really well. Yeah, I think that there are two <sighs> ways they could do it, which is like what you're saying. And I think yeah. that's absolutely would be a really, really cool, good little episode is if they made it very, very tight. Um, the other thing that they could do is I do think that, like I said, in the hands of a skilled director, they could have slowly upped the stakes of her being gaslit the whole time and made those yeah yeah they could have leaned in on that better and made those scenes feel more hectic there is one scene that i did want to mention where like it shone through and that's where it really clicked with me that i'm like man if they had more scenes like this earlier that brought you in and that made you really feel the tension and fear that she's feeling and were actually kind of creepy then it would have worked a lot better and that was at one point she goes downstairs thinking there's like ghosts or a werewolf in the house or whatever late at night. She hears, hears the howling, gets up, he's sleeping and a table kind of starts rattling. And at first it looks really cheesy and we were kind of laughing at it, but then they escalated appropriately. And like every piece of furniture, like, and I mean, every piece of furniture, the bookcases, the coffee tables, the couches, everything like flips like they just start fucking freaking out and it's a really interesting weird scene and she's just screaming in the middle of like all this shit just whirling around her almost like a tornado and then he runs downstairs and it's all normal and it's like that was a really neat 
little scene. Like there's a few bits like that. And it's like, man, if they had a lot more of that interspersed with all the ghost shit that was like kind of genuinely unsettling and did the theming and stuff of that right and shot it better, man, like that you could have a good ratchet up of tension over an actual full length film too. That one would take agree, a lot yeah. more skill though. That one would take a ton of skill chopping it down. You could probably take what we have here and chop it down appropriately and make like a few changes to the script here and there and like actually get a good tales from the crypt right away. Like you could do that a lot easier. I think so. Yeah. And apparently they constantly changed the script as they were shooting too, because of the way they wrote it. So, yeah. you know, like yeah. they have more clear direction. It's hard to say, but it's hard to know where this thing fell apart. Yeah. But it, it did. It's, it's so close. It's like, you can just feel it like reaching out to touch the hand of God. Right. Like I just, I want to, I want to be a good B movie. I want so badly to be there. And it's just not, it doesn't quite make it. Well, uh, let's uh, let's rate the dogs, huh? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Pierre, who's a white poodle, something or another, very cute, loves to explore. Uh, Pierre's just hopping around all over yeah. the rocks and the wilderness and the woods. He's uh, such a cute little puppy. His tail is just wagging like crazy every time he's on scene. And yeah. what a good pup, right? What a good like, boy. Easily a 12 out of 10 did not deserve anything that happened to him at all. What a, yeah. what a disaster. I don't know that I would do a 12 out of 10 for Pierre. I think that'll have to take a little off the top and give him like an 11 out of 10. We just didn't see enough of him. You son of a bitch. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, there's also all the dogs that were the werewolves in in wolf form, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. uh, you got the they goth girlfriend. A, yeah, yeah they, they run in a pack. Else, yep. Uh, they paint vaginas on the wall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I think they're pretty good, pretty good pups. Uh, they run a town on their own, which means they're, they're business oriented, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, they have to make money somehow. So they impound and sell cars, which makes yeah. sense, right? Like, uh, I, I mean, I, they're, they're. They're making a lot of sense with what they should do, but, and it's a big but, they should have never spent all of their income on importing that fucking bell tower from Romania. So Really bad mistake, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would normally give them a satanic 666 out of 10, but I'm going to have to give them like a 665. That was a really bad yeah. choice. I, you know, and also on top of that, like you're saying, like they, they run this town really good and everything like that, but... There's no ethical human consumption under capitalism. They should probably shouldn't eat all these people. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm that's true. Have to take some points off there too. Mm. Yeah, similar. Like a similar like a six six two or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. six six zero. Yeah, something like that. Honestly, for uh, the goth girlfriend scene, the six six nine. Is that a that sex joke? Weird. Or? No, it's a weed thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the weed yeah. number. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rough Cuts. This was... I, I want to like the Howling series more. I want to like it more. I wouldn't say that you shouldn't watch this, though. I think that there's some interesting things in it. It's You've got to be prepared for it being boring as shit for some of it. Some yeah. of it is a little boring. It <sighs> commits the cardinal sin of not, not being interesting sometimes. Uh, and anyways, uh, you can always contact us. Uh, we have an email roughcutscast at gmail.com. If you want to send us in movie recommendations or if you have like 
We've actually gotten some fan art, things like that in the past. If you ever have anything that you want to just suggest to us, send to us, talk to us about, uh, you can certainly send it to us there. We have clips that we put up on Twitter and TikTok. Uh, we're at Rough Cuts Cast. And you can always support us on Patreon. We put up episodes early every Tuesday. They go out for everyone else on Wednesdays. So thank you all for supporting us. We've at like 25,000 downloads. We've had lots of cool special guests and things. And uh, we really appreciate all the Patreon dollars helping keep uh, the lights on and getting us to watch these horrible movies and pay for them and everything. So it means a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wanted to go pick up some extremely disappointing Rolling Rock. But every time I went to the store... The guy at the counter just said, we're out of beer. And he just kept repeating it. We're out of beer. We're out of beer. We're out of beer. Oh my God, run, boys. What by that is... Go away. Go the fuck away. Like, show a shot over his shoulder where you can see all that. Do you know what I mean? Like, from... They can't do it because it was night, night and day. They were two different scenes, but. Hi, hi. Are you Marie Adams? You know, I often yes. get up, have a coffee in the I'm morning, and look into my living hatched. room with the two I'm people saying, "Go away!" And then I realized it wasn't my house. Hotel. And then I realized I that it wasn't my beautiful forward, wife. And I think, fan. how did how I, I get, get here? here? <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to meet you. Come on. In. I just made some coffee. Come on. My whole life ruined by dogs.